Coming up on this week's show, we talk murder with Hank Edwards and Deanna Wadsworth. This is the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for avid readers and passionate fans of gay romance fiction. Each week, we bring you exclusive author interviews, book recommendations, and explore the latest in gay pop culture. Welcome to episode 186 of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I am Will from willcanals.com, and with me, as always, is my co-host and husband, Mr. Jeff Adams. Hello. This episode of the podcast is brought to you in part by our remarkable community on Patreon. We'll have more information on how you can join them at the end of the show, along with a sneak peek of what we have coming up for you next week. Now, the interview transcript for this episode is sponsored by DreamSpinner Press. DreamSpinner Press is proud to publish this week's guests, Hank Edwards and Deanna Wadsworth, and their new book, Murder Most Lovely. Check it out and all the new mystery and suspense titles from your favorite authors like Amy Lane, Casey Wells, Tara Lane, and Reese Ford, just to name a few. And find a new favorite author while you're at it. Go to dreamspitterpress.com for everything you want in gay romance. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you've had a fantastic week uh, and that you had the opportunity to read a whole lot of books. Um, we've had a interesting week. I personally decided that I needed a new bookcase in the home. <laughs> so I spent a goodly portion of the week rearranging my office. Um, I then decided that I didn't like it. So I'm going to be spending part of next week putting it all back. Well, I printed the bookcase somewhere <laughs> so, else because it's like, I think we figured out when we came back from the LA Times Festival that we brought back too many books and we'd hit a tipping point and Actually, no. needed another book. There's case. no such thing as too many books. That is a misnomer. You're right. It's a misnomer. <laughs> we had more books than we had shelving space for, so a new bookcase was in order. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, it's worth noting, um, I think I've said in the past that Jeff and I have been together for a million billion years, uh, and that's only like a mild stretching of the truth uh coming up on may 1st jeff and i will be celebrating our 24th anniversary uh the anniversary of our very first date and i personally consider this our our big anniversary with a capital a it's kind Mm -hmm. of you know in my mind it's the most important one if there if there was a hierarchy in all of the anniversaries that we have together it's been 24 years there are a lot of them uh i think this one is the uh it's the, the key. It's the, the most important. Yeah. So happy anniversary, old man. Well, thank you. And happy anniversary <laughs> to you as well. Hi, I'm Jay from the LGBTQ romance review blog, Joyfully Jay. At Joyfully Jay, we review tons of LGBTQ romance, as well as romantic fiction and nonfiction. We review ebooks, audiobooks, and even the occasional movie. We typically review about 18 books a week, So Joyfully Jay is a great place to hear about new releases, catch up on books you may have missed, and find some new favorites. In addition to our reviews, each weekday we host an author as our first post of the day. This gives readers a chance to learn more about new releases, get exclusive excerpts, find out about the author, and participate in great giveaways. Each author post on Joyfully Jay is exclusive, so you get access to book and author information you can't find other places. At Joyfully J, we love LGBTQ romance and are excited to share it with you. Stop by the blog at joyfullyj.com. You can also visit us on our Facebook group, The Joyful Jays. We'd love to have you join us. 
So getting into the book review section for this week, I think it's well known on the show that you love a holiday book. You read a bunch of stuff at Christmas, and this year, you actually have a little Easter offering for us before we get too far away from Easter week. Yes, it's very true. Uh, usually, I have a a hard a hard stopping point for my holiday books. I do not like to read Christmas books after January 1st, um, because usually by that point, I've been reading them for three months anyway, so <laughs> it's like I'm kind of done. Um, I'm a little more you know, flexible when it comes to other holidays. So I recently read An Easter Promise by A.E. Reichardt. Now, this is the continuing story of Rory and Jack, who we first met in the holiday story, A Kiss Before Christmas. Now, in case you haven't read that one, uh, one night Jack finds the homeless Rory, uh, huddled on his doorstep and offers him a place to stay. As they learn more about each other, uh, Jack asks Rory to pose as his um, fake boyfriend when he goes home for the holidays. Um, an unexpectedly severe winter storm prevents them from going on that trip, but in the few days that they've been together, they fall in love. Um, I read this one last year, uh, and I totally loved it to pieces, uh, so I am very glad that this book picks up the rest of their love story. And an Easter promise, it's now spring, and our two heroes are finally making the trip to visit Jack's family in his ancestral manor house in the countryside. Um, this is a particularly nerve-wracking experience for Rory, whose childhood could not have been more different than Jack's, you know, fancy-schmancy upbringing. <laughs> Um, things start start off relatively well as Jack shows Rory around the expansive estate, but things get frosty when Jack's mom makes it clear that she believes Rory is after her son's money. Uh, Gold-digging accusations aside, as a favor to her, Rory steps in as a last-minute contestant in the Best Bake competition at the Village Festival. Though his brownies are obviously the best, he doesn't win. Afterwards, Jack announces that he and his culinarily gifted boyfriend are going into business together and are going to be opening a bakery. This once again raises the suspicion that Rory is only after Jack for his money, causing a major rift in family relations. Jack tells his mom where she can stick her suspicions, and <laughs> he's like totally ready to return to London, but Rory takes the family dog out for a walk, uh, but gets lost on the moors in a sudden storm. As a quick aside, uh, I want to uh, give two pieces of advice, something I've learned from television and books. Number one, never go to Australia because all of the animals are deadly and will try to kill you. <laughs> Number two, when you're in England, never ever go for a walk on the moors because it always ends badly. Yes, that is very true. I've read more than one book where the walking on the moors is a very bad choice. Because there's always a storm that comes up unexpectedly. Always. Every single time. Um, so poor Rory and the family dog are lost lost out in the countryside. Uh, but the family bands together. And they go searching for him. Uh, and they find him. Uh, and they mend their uh, differences, of course. Uh, the end of the story uh, flash forwards a couple of months. Uh, and our two lovebirds open their perfect little bakery. Aww. Putting a nice, happy, tidy little bow uh, on their romance. I think this is actually a really interesting beginning of if 
Um, if the author wanted to continue this as an ongoing series, she certainly could. Now that our two heroes have a bakery, that could even open the stories up even more. Because, mm -hmm. you know, there are people who work alongside Rory at the bakery. They could have their own romances. Or, you know, there could be plenty of cute meats at the little cafe. That it, ugh, So many possibilities. <laughs> and I really, really hope A.E. Reichardt is working on them right now as we speak. Now, even though this story is obviously a continuation of the first, um, it can be read as a standalone. I am going to make that recommendation because I think the author does a perfectly fine job of filling in uh, Rory and Jack's backstory. Mm -hmm. So you can read these two stories, uh, An Easter Promise or uh, A Christmas Kiss, uh, in either order. Um, it'll They'll make sense either way. Very cool. All right. Well, I also read this week, uh, I picked up something from a new-to-me author, uh, Aiden Wayne, and Play It Again. Now, oh my God, it was so good. I mean, it just <laughs> overwhelmed me how, how just sweet this book was. And, and part of what drew me in, besides just the character information on the blurb, is part of this relates what, to what we do right here on the podcast, mm -hmm. because we've got our Patreon and our YouTube and everything, and it was kind of fun to read about that. Now, David is a YouTuber alongside his sister, Rachel. Uh, they run a channel called Don't Look Now. And among the things they do is review eateries in Seattle for how accessible they are because David is blind. Uh, they also interact with their fans, go on trips, open mystery boxes. It's all the usual stuff that a YouTuber does. Meanwhile, over in Ireland, uh, Sam runs a Let's Play channel where he plays a popular video game. Rachel and David become obsessed with this channel because of his easygoing fun delivery. And one day, David calls out Sam's channel on an episode and sends Sam's subscriber account through the roof. And when Sam contacts David to thank him, they end up talking frequently. Now, both these guys are single. And as I mentioned, they live on opposite sides of the globe. I don't know that you can get much further away than Seattle and Ireland. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> neither of them... And really quite cutely realizes how flirty they're being as they message each other. Initially, David is offering Sam advice on how to manage his new subscribers and ways to grow the channel. But as they move beyond that and get to know each other, the realization comes to them that perhaps there's more there. Now, this isn't the first book I've read that relies heavily on text messages, instant messengers, email, and so on. And I'm thinking back to Thrall that I read last year uh, from uh, Piper Vaughn and uh, Avon Gale. Uh, what I love here is how much those kinds of messages are just woven into the overall story. Because there's a good deal of what I guess I'll call regular storytelling, too, coming from both points of view. Uh, David and Sam have quite a lot of internal dialogue about their growing predicament, if you will. Uh, and David also talks to his sister a lot about it as well. Just getting time for these two to talk on the phone is a challenge because there's a nine-hour difference between them. Uh, but it doesn't stop them from being ridiculously cute and challenging themselves to let this relationship go through its formative stages while they're not actually in the same physical location. Now, of course, the guys do have to get together at some point, And this happens when David and Rachel get the chance to do a European tour, which of course includes Ireland. As much as David and Sam question themselves as they did the long distance thing, the jitters ratchet up as they meet. Aiden does a great job of showing this hesitancy from David wanting everything to be just perfect to Sam actually wondering if he's worthy of David's attention. 
Sam comes from a family where he was put down a lot. And once David knows about this, he goes into protector mode. And boy, does he do protector mode really well. Um, when Sam brings any of this up, um, David's reactions are just fast and furious. And it's really incredibly touching and sexy um, watching them kind of like take care of each other in these moments. For all the exploration they did via email, the time they spend together in Ireland really made me appreciate the romance that Aiden spun even more. They had bonded so much in the email that they almost fell into a, an almost old married couple mode, speaking speaking of us, <laughs> <laughs> and with how they take care of each other. Um, David is particularly mindful of Sam's asexuality and makes sure Sam isn't doing anything that he's not comfortable with. And it's really wonderful to see these two diverse characters together finding they're happy. Now, speaking of the HEA, I wondered how that would manifest in a book where the two characters really probably spent 80% of the book on separate continents. Um, I really loved how Aiden brought Sam and David together, and I would love to see more in this universe to know just how they're getting on in the future. <laughs> uh, besides the romance, I really loved the attention to detail that Aiden put into showing the work that David and Rachel do on their channel. From the talk of creating Patreon campaigns, managing social media, and how they interact with the audience... I enjoyed it a lot, and I really don't think it's too much for somebody who doesn't do this kind of thing. Another excellent detail I have to call out, David and Rachel receive a package from a fan in Michigan, and it contained Fago Red Pop and Mackinac Island Fudge, which are two childhood favorites that made me smile and really kind of gave me some cravings. Thank you so much for that, Aiden. I appreciate it. Um, so in case you haven't figured it out, I totally recommend Play It Again uh, by Aiden Wayne. And I'm also looking forward to their upcoming book, Hitting the Mark, which comes out at the end of May. Did you know that podcasts love to get reviews too? Taking a moment to leave a review about the Big Gay Fiction Podcast helps us with the show's visibility online. Please take a moment to visit iTunes and leave a review. Your comments help other readers of gay romance discover this show. Thanks for helping us spread the word about the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. We're welcoming back to the show Hank Edwards and Deanna Wadsworth. They've been on separately, but now they're together because they've co-written the upcoming book Murder Most Lovely, which comes out this Tuesday. These two were so much fun to talk to. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's like hilarity from beginning to end. So let's get right to it. Welcome to the podcast, Hank Edwards and Deanna Wadsworth. Hello. Hi. Thanks for being here. Thanks for hosting us. You guys have written a book together which is super cool on april 30th which is the day after this comes out uh you're releasing the first book in the lace town murder mysteries called murder most lovely tell us about this new series what's what what, what is the scoop who wants yeah. to go first you go first okay i'll go first yes so like a year ago i went out to dinner with my husband had some cocktails and at like 11 o'clock at night, after <laughs> having like wonderful conversations in my brain with myself, because I think I'm clever, I, I messaged Hank and I said, dude, we need to write a book together. And he's like, we should. <laughs> and then we did. I might have had some cocktails that night too. I can't he remember. May <laughs> he may have. Might and have. it was uh, yeah, we should kind of moment. Yeah. And we didn't really know where it was going. We had no plans. What's that? We had no idea, like nothing. 
Well, that was just the start yeah. of it. it was like, we should it write a book. We didn't have a, like an idea or anything. It was a completely inane, dude. We should write a book together yeah. kind of moment. And then, and then seriously, the next day we had some conversations like, what should it be? Superhero. Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of like spitted ideas back and forth. And Hank was like, we would write the fuck out of a round town. Am I allowed to say fuck? Yes, you are. <laughs> we'll put the little explicit logo on the episode and you can cuss as much as you want. <laughs> so he was like, we would write the fuck out of a rom-com. And I'm like, we would. And then we're like, what should it be? And we just spitballed ideas back and forth. Like, I mean, literally, like there was probably like 30 or 40 like oh, yeah. things we shit shot yeah. back and forth at each other. And, yeah. and then Hank picked on two of them, and he's like, I love the idea of a mortician and a hairdresser. Yeah. Then we ran with it. Yep, and we just ran with it. And it was it just started writing. I mean, we, we didn't plan, like, you take one chapter. Well, what we did was we did, um, each of us wrote up a character bio and sent it to each other. And um, it so I wrote so up. You what? It was so great, like, blind date. For our characters, <laughs> it was. It was really fun. So you had Michael, right? And I had Jazz. Yes, you made Jazz. So yeah. tell us about Jazz. So Jazz is very sassy and very snarky, and um, he's a, a talented hairstylist. And he's uprooted his life after uh, separating from his husband, who is a best-selling novelist and uh, mystery novelist. And so he's moved to this small town on the coast of Lake Michigan in Michigan. And some Michigan love there, Jeff. Yes. Love and, that. Yes, always. And so uh, he's starting over and he's just trying to kind of like rebuild and uh, he's, he's works at a fun little salon, but he's, uh, you know, he's kind of, he's 49, but he tells people he's 41. And thirty-five. Remember, he tries that too. Totally lies about it. Changes a little bit, so we find out later. Our our editor actually called us up. She was like, "Isn't this? Is this right? Because he shouldn't have been around that time." Jazz lies about his age. He's almost fifty, but he says he's thirty-five. Right. So, so that's how that started. Then she wrote up Michael. Yeah, Jazz. Mike. Hank created. Jazz, the hairdresser, which is funny because I actually legitimately am a hairdresser in real life. But when we were talking, Hank had said, I've always wanted to write a hairdresser. I'm like, you take the hairdresser, run with it. And then I took the mortician, which sounded really great and exciting. And after dozens of Google search, Google decided that I obviously want to be a coroner and mortician, and they send me casket ads, but, you know, whatever. And, uh, so I created a um, – it was fun because Hank created Jazz, this sassy, almost 50 hairdresser who's super sarcastic. He's got long, honey blonde hair and – super stylish and wears eyeliner and he's really sassy and he has a big potty mouth and and then oh he does and then i and i didn't know who hank was creating when we came upon this conversation it was very much a hey you pick your guy i'll pick my guy we'll see and uh and i made michael fleischman who is a 42 year old 
very uptight, very socially awkward Jewish guy who yeah. runs the local more uh, funeral home, and he's also county coroner to our fake county. Har- uh, is it Harbor, Harbor County? Harbor County, yeah. Harbor County in, on Lake Michigan, which is sort of like in our, in somewhere between, I don't know. Like Saugatuck and. Saugatuck and. Muskegon. Yeah, Muskegon. Yeah. Muskegon. Somewhere a fake county in between there. And he's the county coroner. He's mm-hmm. very uptight and super horny and super <laughs> has this like hilarious, like sexual imagination, but he's really reserved. And he is obsessed with mystery novels. And he goes to a bookstore in Lacetown which is our fictional town on Lake Michigan, to during a literary festival to meet his favorite author, Russell Whippingham, which happens to be Jazz's husband. They're separated, but they're not divorced yet. Wow. And that's cute. I know, right? <laughs> totally rom-com meet and greet during the rain under an umbrella cutesy. Yeah. Until Jazz gets his little, I mean, he really he really worries Michael thinks he's a bitchy queen, and he kind of is. He's totally yeah. bitchy queen. He's really fun to write. He's so fun. So when you when you got these characters who are obviously really opposite to each other, you could just hear it in the bios. Yeah. What was it like to mash them together? Oh man, Sparks had to have flown off the pages. Oh yes. Right away. It was really fun. The first chapter is their meet cute. And we had, you know, we, we came, I mean, we, we do a lot of um, like editing, right? So we'll write the first pass and we'll talk about, it. we, we, we message a lot during the day and, and, and stuff like that. Talk about what, how we, where we want to go with things. And then we use Google docs to, to write together. So, yeah. So that was a lot of fun to uh, to just see the whole creation of it and and like set up that setting and, and understand how they were going to meet and and how that was going to go and how jazz or Michael would be so taken with jazz at first sight it was really fun oh, totally yeah like, oh, he's, oh he's so handsome why is he talking to me <laughs> it's really fun and of course you've got the mystery element in this oh, yeah. too so rom com mystery which I'm trying to think. I haven't necessarily seen that kind of combo a lot because there's yeah. straight up romantic suspense, of course, and then right. there's like cozy mystery, and maybe this ekes a little towards that with the rom cominess. But did you know that this was going to be like something to to go for? Or did you just like mash these two elements together and say this thing? We thought about doing like a film noir concept, like a 1940s film, and. But see, that's the thing, like, when Hank and I started writing, we didn't have an, a, a direction. We were very much open to anything, and it was sort of like, he created Jazz, I created Michael, we knew we wanted a murder, we wa- knew we wanted it to be on, like, again. <laughs> we wanted a murder! <laughs> <laughs> no, the murder like, got pretty we, gruesome, too. I was really shocked. Yeah, we wanted some things, but then... As we began to write it, it it began to have elements of a real murder. 
So like our sheriff is blustering and funny and Michael has his kitty cat, the little Mr. Pickle. Mr. Pickle. Mr. Pickle, that black and white kitty, which my dog is growling at which right now. We should note for the people who may not be watching the video, Deanna just held up this stuffed kitty. And you're going to be giving these away at GRL in a few months. Yes, we have a couple yeah. of kitties. So like when we created the story, I guess maybe other people with their writing collaborations might be different than we were, but Hank and I were not in a competition with each other. We were not like, we just knew we were going to have fun because yeah. we like each other and we know each other personally. And, yeah. and we were just like, let's have fun with this. And there right. was, there was no like obsessive competition with like, I don't like this storyline. or I like this. It was just sort of like, what do you want to do? Yeah. Okay. That sounds fun. And we both ran with it. Yeah. And we ended up developing this city on Lake Michigan and this little town and these little side characters. Let's talk about the, the, the mystery side of it. What is, oh, who's oh, dead? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the mystery side of it. That's right. So I'll talk and then I'll let Hank talk because I've been blabbering too long. So we decided we wanted it to be like film noir idea. And then it became like a legitimate murder mystery where there's a dead body and it's gruesome and it's creepy and it's sad and there's like some crazy shit happening and there's like cops that need to come in and there's like a real mystery and there's actually a a couple side mysteries that are happening over the book arc of the next two novels novel two of which we will be submitting in the morning we would have submitted it today but i'm being a typo psycho so uh, yeah I am. I'm a typo psycho. She's finding a lot of good stuff, though. I like the changes. You know. So, okay. yeah. So, the the murder actually got more gruesome than I was anticipating. We were like, let's go. Wait, do we want it to go? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So, it's, um, do we want to say who it is? I mean, it happens early on, so I don't think it's a spoiler, right? Oh, I don't know. Why don't we just talk about how creepy okay. the murder is? Okay, we'll just leave Not it at that. Murdered. Someone's murdered. And maybe their hands are missing. Or chopped off. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's kind of... Yeah. That's more gruesome than I expected a rom-com. I know. I'll say that. <laughs> oh, wait till you hear about the serial killer. Oh. Wait, that was a spoiler. I didn't say it. So, but in the first book... <laughs> Is that so, a spoiler yeah. that we're leaving in or a spoiler that we're taking out? We're leaving it in, but we're not going to respond about it. Fair I enough. Should... That's right. A little breaking news there for the podcast that we will yeah. not do follow-up questions on. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying, Hank, on this murder. Oh. So, yeah, so it was gruesome, and then there's a discovery. But Michael is kind of, you know, he can't help but be a little excited about it because it's one of his, it's his first murder because he's a small-town county coroner, coroner. And the only... <laughs> The mortician. He's the county coroner. Too. Right. So he's. It's up to him now to like investigate. He's never had a murder like this. He said he's had a murder, but they knew the victim and the attacker. So this is completely new for him. And he reads murder like uh, mystery novels. So he's really excited about it. So. So he's like starting to play look detective, and then the sheriff is kind of you know. <laughs> like all blustering and yelling at him, like you know, Flashman. <laughs> Dilworth, you know, that's Jez's last name, Jez Dilworth. And he's like, like, 
calls everybody her last name and yells at them. And so, and they're always a suspect. So don't leave town. They Everyone who's suspect yeah. must we grab Don't leave town. Yeah. <laughs> Sheriff Musgrave. So, so you, if I understood correctly, you kind of just created this on the fly. Totally. For both the romance and the mystery. Totally. Yeah. Totally. How did that play out in like the day-to-day writing? Because I can't even like imagine having co-written something that there wasn't more of a plan to it. Uh, it was it was actually went smoother than I expected. It was so much fun. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun because we chatted a lot on Facebook Messenger and, and we'd text and we'd call each other now and then. We'd, we'd have conversations, uh, phone conversations, and and we'd plan out where we wanted things to go. And then one of us would say, OK, I'll do this and then you can write that. And then we just kind of took it. And then it was really fun because like you'd, you'd go through and you'd read, you know, how you like read through what you've written and it's somebody else has written something new and you're like, wow, this is like a whole new story. Like you don't know what you're reading, you know, you no. don't know what to expect. So it's really fun. So awesome because like first I got to say, writing with Hank Edwards has been a pleasure. Oh. Because not only is he a great writer and like stupid funny, like <laughs> so funny. I can't even tell you how many times he writes something and I'm just like ah! <laughs> but he and I are not <clears throat> we are not competitive individuals. We are not like jumping into this like, well, this is what I want. This is what I want. It was so easy. Where yeah. it was like we just hand created jazz. Then jazz had this profile that we went with. I created Michael and we had this profile we went with. He and I created a, a, a exterior mystery that happened to them, but because he created such a good profile and I created such a strong profile, both of us knew who Michael and who Jazz were. And then it was like, well, Michael wouldn't do that or Jazz wouldn't say that. And we didn't like try to like undermine the other person. I don't know. I just feel really blessed. Aww. I love you. I just feel blessed <laughs> to be able to write a story with someone who is so easy and so fun. And our sense of humor is both very similar and darkly twisted and inappropriate. And like we both knew when our editor was going to go. No. I, I told her several times, I was like, this is going to get cut out, and you put it in, and it's going to get cut out, and I'm telling you right now, and she's like, I want to leave it in. I go, okay, but it's going to get cut, and it did. And I'm like, hey, I'm not going to use the C word. Maybe they will. No, they didn't. <laughs> but it was just, uh, it was so much, I don't know, it was just one of those things that were really easy, because Hank's so fun to work with. It was just easy. I mean, not that the not that writing and editing is easy, but even as we went through the process, there would be scenes. We each knew where the scene was going to go. We knew what scene was going to happen next. And if it was because our works, he's very typical nine to five work Mm -hmm. schedule. I Monday through Friday and I am Wednesday through Saturday noon to eight those four days so like 
he would do all the stuff Wednesday through Saturday, and then I'd open it up on Sunday, and then I'd do all the stuff Sunday to Tuesday. And then it wasn't like we were fixing or changing each other's work. It was like, oh, that's a great scene. And then I would add to it. And then he would take my scene and add to it. And it was just like layering and layering cool stuff with what was already funny. So it was like, we would, it was like, I, I knew what I was writing on Tuesday. I wrote this whole scene and then Hank would write the next scene. And when I would get a chance to read on Thursday, it was like, oh, what am I going to read? I know what's going to happen, but how is it going to happen? And, and he is so funny. No. So funny. And I mean, it was just so great writing together. So Hank, for you, what's kind of your side of that story as you're like going through and doing your parts on the book yeah. on your days? So it was, it was a lot of fun. Like she, like Deanna said, because, um, I, I've been writing, uh, during my lunch hours at work. So like Monday through Friday, I'll, I have like an hour and I usually go and I hide somewhere at the building and I'll, I like be able to focus and write. <clears throat> And it was really fun to go through Google Docs and be able to accept all those changes because we, we always do the suggestions, right? So that like the track changes so we can see what, what each other has done. And it's always so much fun to see. It's like, you know, like Deanna said, it's like, oh, it's like a little present, you know, it's like, oh, there's something new. <laughs> and I go through and, and seeing how she did um, uh, the layering. I was talking to my husband, Fred, and I was like, you know, it's like I'm I'm picking up such good ideas about how to layer emotion in Deanna is awesome at doing that and like pulling out the emotions in a scene and like digging in deeper where it needs to be. And I've, you know, that's something that I've always kind of like, you know, I'm always like, write the action, write the action, write the action, you know? <laughs> but that's so, what I love about his writing because yeah. he will write action that conveys emotion. Whereas I would have written a long drawn out emotional monologue. <laughs> And somehow the two mm -hmm. it's so great. Yeah, I we really are a good blend together like that. So yeah, it's it's really fun. And she's really funny and really dark darkly funny. So it's been a lot of fun because you know, there's some stuff where I like write something dark and, and, and funny and then you know you get the comment it's always fun to get that comment like lol oh my god you know and so then then like all of a sudden like further down the page she's added something and i'm like oh my god you did not just write that so <laughs> it's we're really so fun wrong. yeah we're so wrong we're so right Hank. yeah well i really like the organic method it sounds like you guys had because like my brain can't even begin to process trying to co-write without a plan but I've heard other people do that, and it works out great. Uh, what, as you got the, the the draft done, what was the revision and also, I guess, making the book seem like it had one voice? What was that like? So it wasn't like two different people at work. Can I respond to this? Of course. Okay, so... Hank would send me a scene. Well, it was in Google Docs, so we would get scenes together. So I feel like the way it went, before anyone else read anything or we got any feedback from editors or beta readers or whatever, it was like we had our strong characters decided who they were 
and what they were and what the mystery was. And he would write a scene and then I would get it and I'd be like, oh, it's a good scene. I love where it's going. Maybe. Okay. So like, I'm not going to give a spoiler, but there's a scene at the end of book one where there, the murderer is caught and our two heroes are like in this epic battle fighting them, like the murderer, right? Okay, so Hank writes that scene and I'm like, ah! Oh! And then <laughs> I go in and I add some fighting, some struggling, um, maybe a little dialogue. Hank comes back in and he adds a little more dialogue. He remembers that the the gun is on the other side of the room. Whatever the detail is, we both keep adding layers. And I think it comes back to the point that we we're both so invested in our characters and we weren't like competing to try to be the better person. And I think that's a lot of it. I mean, I think you can't co-write a book together if you're competitive or need center of attention and Hank and I just had so much fun. It would be like, oh, yeah, add that, add that. And then like, oh, more, my God. More. more great. That's great. You shot him. Oh, I, I didn't expect to shoot him. Let's do that. Whatever it was. And we kept adding these layers, and it became so much fun. But in the end, when we would get a scene and it was completed, we would look, each of us would go back and read through the whole manuscript and be like, oh, we missed that detail. Yeah. And, he, and and Hank would send that to me and I'd be like, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. And he would add it. Or I would, like even today, we're actually like one day off submitting book two. We were going to submit it today, but I am like typo crazy. So I sent the manuscript to my Kindle so I could find any misspellings and typos. And I was like, oh my God, mm -hmm. we have a scene where Michael and Jazz are sitting in Michael's living room with the TV. And in book one, he only has a TV in his bedroom. <laughs> what are we gonna do? And so like, I had a sentence and Hank's like, that's cool. Good for catching that. And I feel like that's kind of how we've been like, yeah. We'll catch something and go, oh, I'm glad you caught that. Yeah. But to your point, Jeff, you said like about planning and, and writing off the cuff. So the first book, I think, and Deanna, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but the first book was really, I mean, it wasn't easy because writing writing's hard, but it was easier. Book two, we it was a, more of a struggle. I think well, with writing it, so we had a lot going on. So we have like an overarching mystery and we have another, it's like contained mystery. Yes. So we, we've talked about it and we're like book three, we really need to plan it out more. Yeah. So we need, we're going to like, once we let this book two get out a, a little bit, we're going to like start planning book three and, and really book like needs a serious luncheon with yeah. some planning. Yeah. So absolutely. Book two was very, Book one was very organic and natural. Yeah. And book two, I mean, you should, you'll probably agree, Hank. I think we fell in love with our side characters. Yeah. So much. We got distracted with all these side stories. Yeah. Even our editor was like, 
why are you talking about that and that? And we're like, because <laughs> we like them. So we had to cut a lot of scenes and really focus back on the romance. Right. The DVD but extras, deleted scenes. DVD extras, exactly. But let's talk about those side characters a little bit because there's a okay. whole paragraph of the blurb for book one that details these side characters. Michael sassy assistant Kitty, the grumpy sheriff Musgrave, Russell's creepy PR rep Norbert, Michael's oh, grandfather who likes his Manhattan strong and his women saucy, and of course who we've already met, Mr. Mm-hmm. Pickles Farrington the third. Yes. Mm-hmm. So did you guys split those up in the same way that you took Jazz Hank and 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 Deanna took Michael, or did these get created on the fly as you needed them? Yeah. They were on the fly. Yeah. We just like we I just do kind of yeah. I think I came up with Mr. Furrington, Mr. Yeah. Pickles Furrington the third. Yeah. Um, Hank created Sheriff Musgrave. Because <laughs> I think when we were talking, Sheriff Musgrave was actually like an old man, and yeah. Hank made him this whole like Ron Perlman kind of character. Yes, very Ron Perlman attitude and. And Kitty, I don't know where she came from. You but created I, Did I? Okay, because I imagine her. Do you watch The Blue Bloods with Tom Selleck? Oh, I have anyways, not. His secretary is this voluptuous, like, blonde chick. And I pictured her. And I, don't know who created, I don't know who created Grandpa. I think you we both. Steve. Steve. Oh, yeah, Steve. Yeah, the handyman. We both, we both made Ezra. Mm-hmm. The Apprentice. I don't know anything <laughs> about them. That's not a spoiler at all. That's very impressive to just kind of create on the fly like that. Two people pantsing is would make my head explode. But it was insane. I, I don't know, know how we managed to do it, but and that you had fun with it. All the, the more. We did have so much fun, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how lucky I am. Like a year ago, I sent him a drunk text message that we should write a book together, and we have had the best year. Had it even <laughs> crossed your minds before the drunk text to do this in some uh, no. like other random moment? Nope. Never really even talked about it. I mean, we see each other, JRL. We she comes up for Ferndale Pride because she lives about an hour and a half, hour and a half away from me. I'm Northwest Ohio. He's Southwest Michigan. So we've done some pride festivals together. But in all freaking honesty, the whiskey made me do it, Jeff. I literally texted him. Hey, full disclosure, (laughs) I've been drinking. We should write a book together. I do believe, Hank, that was the quote. Pretty much, yeah. And he was like, we would write the fuck out of a (laughs) rom-com. And I was like, we would. And then we ran with it. And then that's that. It was just like all fun. And it's interesting that you're evolving in book two and probably in book three too, as as you had the, the fun moment. Now you kind of have to make everything keep tying together in the next two books. Yes. It's all got to come together now for the third book. Yeah. Cause that, that, that's like, yeah. When you have all that tied together stuff, cause I've been reading a lot of romantic suspense lately where it's like something that arcs across Yep. a trilogy or whatever, and it's like, yeah. it's exciting. <laughs> right. Yeah, book two, 
book two is tentatively called Murder Most Deserving. And it was a lot harder to write than the first book. Yeah. As fun, though, I hope. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just as fun. But there were moments I feel like we both checked out. And and we've had this conversation. We know that we checked out because we had decided on a storyline for Michael and Jazz. And then we were like, this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. But we didn't, because it's not your book, it, it also belongs to someone else. You don't just say, oh, that storyline can happen because the two of you decided together. So you keep going with it. And then there's moments where we had to talk and we're like, where I was like, I don't like this. And he's like, yeah, I don't like it either. And I thought I said I didn't like it. I'm like, maybe you said you didn't like it, but I didn't hear you said you didn't like it. And I don't know why we didn't like it. And I don't even know why we're doing it. And it was like, we had to, I mean, there was like, there was a couple moments like that on this story. And there was also like, like we said in the beginning, we love our side characters too much. And we gave them a lot of screen time they did not deserve, even though we love them. So, so we had to distract and take a lot of stuff out. Um, not that we wanted to take it out, but it was like, why is this theme here? Mm-hmm. No cares. Right. Except us. So it was a little different. Like we created this wonderful world and in book two we kind of just went crazy with it. We like went crazy with the cheese whiz. It's like yeah, yeah. how many how many stories I love Sheriff Westgrave. I love Missy. I love this person. And we just wrote all these scenes and we're like yeah. and and part of that I, I will say is my fault because I sent a lot of scenes to Hank before we even plotted the book. I was oh. like, it's funny scene I'm gonna send you. And he's like, I love it. Yeah wrote it and it's like, like opening emails from oprah and you get a storyline and you get a storyline <laughs> yes, story <laughs> totally maybe these could become fun. short stories yeah for these for these characters that you can't get them into the book that's right so take a moment to brag on each other and outside of working on this book what do you like about each other's work Ooh, i'll go Hate first. Uh, all right. I love uh, Deanna's um, depth of characters. So her books, I think the, f- the first one I read of yours was The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh Ichabod. <laughs> you, you naughty boy. But, um, but then um, I can't remember in what order then I, I read it. But like Easy Writer, I love that book. That is an awesome book, and um, I love the time period, and I love the characters, and I just love all of it, and and the discovery. It's a road trip. Another road. You read it. You love the road trip books. Apparently. And, apparently. And then Wrecked is awesome. Is really good. So she, but she has a way of just like you know pulling out those emotions and and really getting into the romance of it and, and doing a, an awesome job with it and having the characters and then the conflict is is or, organic. It's not like a it's not like uh, fabricated and it, it, it just, it all plays together. She's got a really good sense of story. Nice. Aw, that's so sweet. 
I feel like Hank, your dialogue <laughs> sells your story. Oh. You could write a whole book on just dialogue with nothing else, and people would buy it and laugh. Yeah. Um, you're hilarious, and your dialogue is great. And I feel like our, our styles mesh well because I do write more. I like to write a lot of the internal monologue and the emotion. But I'll tell you an example, and this is a semi-spoiler in book two. But... This is what I love about Hank's writing. Okay, I'm not going to I'm not gonna tell too much of the story, but there is a scene where something really shocking happens for our character Jazz, the hairdresser. And the story and the scene is in Jazz's point of view. You'll know what I'm talking about in a second. Yeah. So the scene is, is in Jazz's point of view. And then Michael, our mortician, bursts through the door and everyone's like how did you get here? And he's like, I ran here. And that sounds like simplistic, but the emotional intensity of why Michael would run five blocks to the salon where jazz works on a mere phone call just conveys so much intensity with three words. I ran here. And that's what I love about Hank's writing. I mean, I write the long emotional internal monologue and Hank writes that same intense emotional monologue in three words. I bring it here. And I think, I mean, I've always, that's what I love about his books, but I feel like that's those two things complement each other in our writing. Like, I like to write the long drawn out emotional, and he writes that same scene in three words, I ran here. <laughs> and that's why I love writing with him. Uh, cool. <laughs> Aww. They're hearting each other for those people Aww. not watching the video right <laughs> now. It's very cute. Hey, Instagram. <laughs> so you mentioned three town, three towns, no, three books in the Lace Town series are planned. Do you foresee life in the universe beyond those three since you're having such a good time? Yes. Talked about it. We've There's discussed it. Yeah. We've got we've got the trilogy planned and then we'll see what happens with it. We have at least two in our head. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Beyond three. Yeah. And what about separately, what's coming up next outside of the Lace Town series for you both? Do you, you have something coming up soon, Deanna? Um, well, I have um, one thing coming up for sure, and hopefully two. Um, I also write um, young adult fiction, just like Hank does under his, um, is it RG or RD? RG. RG Thomas. Hank has a young adult series under RG Thomas. And I have a young adult series, Katie Worth. Um which is um, very different from my Deanna Wadsworth writing. Um, it's, it's young adult slash new adult because my characters are 19 and there are some, I don't know, level three sexy moments. So it, you can't really like, like, you know, people get funny about young adult that has sexy stuff in it. Yeah. But um, it, it's uh, there's a strong 
spiritual element um, with the main character who was trying to kill himself because uh, of his family sending him to like one of those creepy pray the gay away camps. Mm -hmm. And the moment he kills himself, he's saved by a young teenage Grim Reaper who decides that he wants to give him a second chance in life. And there's a, a sassy foul mouthed because no one understands why Deanna would write a character like that. Yeah. A sassy foul mouthed uh, angel <laughs> who uh, helps these boys on their journey. And that story is called The Grim Life. And book three, the final series, the final saga in that trilogy, uh, The Lost Souls, is coming out this fall. And um, I'm really, really excited about that. I mean, a lot of MM or gay romance, whatever you want to call it, authors know that young adult isn't where the sales and money are at, um, sadly. But this is like a really intense, I don't want to say pet project because that trivializes it, but it's really uh, a series that means more to me than almost probably anything I've ever written. Yeah. You've been working on these for what, like two, two years now? Yeah, four. four it took me two years to write book three because I yeah. just too emotionally invested yeah. in it. Um, there's a lot of death and uh, questioning of what goes on on the other side and, mm. and where God sees your soul and all of these like intensely hard questions. And I could, to make things harder on myself, I put a school shooting in book three because why not oh my it's so emotionally intense that you can't write it about <laughs> <laughs> this fall but i'm hoping my second book in my pride of the caribbean cruise series comes out which is uh a merman you know, nice merman on a cruise on a on a caribbean cruise you know so like i like to be intense or I like to be funny. I can't be in no the right. No. Either end of the spectrum. That's right. That's what I do. So that's yeah. what's coming out for me. Cool. Um, I will be working on the final book of the Critter Catcher series. Final book for now. Uh, it's tentatively titled Dread of Night. So, and uh, I've got, I've got. About six chapters written. I'm working on a big pivotal scene also, so I just I need to just like now now that book two has been sent off for consideration, I can like you know kind of focus on that because I'm really bad at like jumping between projects to like I, I just I, my mind gets stuck in the other characters because while I'm working on this other, I'm like but wait what about <laughs> so yeah cool all right yeah. and what is the other stuff I need to work on too but that's a that's the the big thing coming up. I Thanks. love the Critter Catcher books. <laughs> They're so good. I manipulated Hank into giving me the last book when I was sick last summer. I was like, shouldn't you send it to me? I know <laughs> that you're going to submit it for publishing in a month, but I'm really sick. I need to be. <coughs> I'm sick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I and it worked too, right? I did. I sent it. I was good. Of course. And it was worth it. <laughs> so what's the best way for readers to keep up with you guys online? Let's start with Hank. Oh, uh, I have a website. 
It's uh, hankedwardsbooks.com. Uh, you can also find my young adult fiction at townofsuperstition.com. And I do have those books listed on my Hank Edwards uh, website just to make it easier. It's uh, And then I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook page. That's facebook.com, Hank Edwards Books. And uh, I really don't use – Twitter confuses me. I get really – it's just it's just noise. It's like people yelling at each other. So I, I have a Twitter account, but I'm not out there much. But I have on Instagram, I usually post pictures of my cats. You know, and that's uh, Hank Edwards Books as well. Cool. Yeah. And Deanna? I'm on Facebook, Deanna Wadsworth, author. And uh, Instagram, I go by Deanna Wads. I don't know why I didn't finish my last name, but <laughs> mm. I don't know. I've already called my grandpa Wadsy, so I should have done Deanna Wadsy, but I screwed that up. But I'm I'm on those two, a little on Twitter and a little on Pinterest, all under Deanna Wadsworth. Um, mostly my information, um, my most activity is on Instagram or my website, DeannaWadsworth.com. And that's cool. it. Um, you should totally read Hank's Archie Thomas books. It's like Harry Potter, but gay with like dragons <laughs> and little garden gnomes. I freaking love those books. Oh. Better write another one. After I, we write our book. Mike. We write our book. You've got your right. priorities. All right. <laughs> You've got your marching orders now, Hank. I do. I get, I get them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a wife, but right. I'll jump in that role. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a blast. We will definitely look up to everything in the show notes that we've talked about here. And we wish you the best of success on the Lace Town Murder Mysteries. Thanks very much, Jeff. It's been fun. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks again to Hank and Deanna for hanging out for a little bit. You know, I wonder how many books could trace their origins back to drunk texting. <laughs> if you have stories of that, please let us know. Um, anyway, it was great to talk to them and to find out their process for getting this new mystery series off the ground. And I'm looking forward to reading one for myself. Yes, definitely. Now, we want to give a special shout out again to Dreamspitter Press for joining us uh, to be a sponsor of our interview transcripts. You can find those transcripts on the show notes page uh, under the little... Under the little open up section that will say interview transcript, and you can actually read all of the transcript if you want. And our book reviews are also up there as well, should you want to read those. Yes, all you have to do is go to biggayfictionpodcast.com and look at the show notes for episode 186. Yes. Okay, guys, I think that's going to do it for this week's show. Just a quick reminder before we go. Um, did you know that you can help support the Big Gay Fiction Podcast with a monthly pledge through Patreon? The additional support of our super fans helps pay for the cost of producing and distributing this show. Joining is super easy, and you'll get special access to monthly bonus episodes, the opportunity to ask questions of our upcoming guests, and lots more. For all of the details, simply go to patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. Now, coming up next week, we have Casey McQuiston. She's going to join us to talk about her debut novel, Red, White, and Royal Blue. Uh, I gave up on the show, I think it was last week, mm -hmm. that I adored this book so hard. And talking to Casey was such a good time. So I think everybody's going to enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, this book has gotten a lot of really positive buzz. Uh, so tune in next week. You're not going to want to miss it. Guys, remember, no matter where life takes you, the journey will always be sweeter when you have a book. Until next time, everyone, please keep turning those pages and keep reading. 
For detailed show notes and links to everything discussed in this episode, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday at all major podcast distributors. You can also find us on YouTube. I'm Derek McLean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.